Hey, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. My name is Chanel, and today we are meeting with Rachel Wong, the host of the Feminine Genius Podcast. We're going to be talking feminine genius, what is it, and how can we live it out in the best way that we can. So Rachel, thank you so much for being with us today. Chanel, thanks so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I listened to your podcast. Well, you know, prior to the pandemic on my daily drives to work, I would choose a few podcasts to listen to. So you were in the mix with Father Mike Schmitz and The Bachelor Recap. I hope you feel honored. <laughs> that I am honored. Oh my yes. goodness. So you're Solid very much in the mix. And so I'm so excited to have you and to, to hear more about what you're up to. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm coming to you from Vancouver, Canada. I've lived here my whole life. I think with many folks like living and working at home, I work for the university that I graduated for. I'm a communications and engagement coordinator. And when I'm not doing that, as you've alluded to, I am the host of the Feminine Genius Podcast. And along with that, I co-host another podcast with a dear friend of mine called A Pondering Heart. And so we started that earlier this year in 2021 in March. It's just been such a joy to do this kind of media, be able to talk to people as I'm sure you Mm. really enjoy. Um, And yeah, of course, like talk about God and, and all things holy. So. Wow. Okay. That is awesome. So a pondering heart, the pondering heart or a pondering heart? A pondering heart. A pondering heart. Okay. I'm going to have to add that as well to my right. to my listening mix. Now though, instead of driving to work, it's just walking to the kitchen, but I will, you know, completely walking to the kitchen to my room is easily a 15 minute ordeal for someone with my <laughs> attention span. So I'm excited <laughs> to listen to it. So tell us a little bit more about the Feminine Genius. So the Feminine Genius podcast is the mm-hmm. um, title of you know what you mainly host. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tell us a little bit about the Feminine Genius. What is it? And you know, for those that are listening that have no idea what that means. Sure. So the Feminine Genius is a term that was, I think, most popularly known or used by uh, Pope St. John Paul II. In 1995, he wrote a letter to women. And really, like the whole gist of that letter was to really celebrate, but also implore varieties of women, regardless of your state of life, your vocation, and what it is that you're called to do, what it is that you're interested in doing, to really live out the particular gifts that God has given them. And What I find so striking about it is that I came across it at a time when I myself was really struggling with, you know, I think many of us, like as we grow up, regardless of if you're a man or a woman, you kind of look around and you see people kind of taking off in their careers or their life or their vocation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like for me personally, I felt like, okay, well, so-and-so is getting married, so-and-so is getting engaged, so-and-so is entering the convent. But here I am and I don't even have a degree yet or like I still am waffling with my Mm -hmm. academic journey. So what am I even supposed to do? And I think that letter brought me a lot of comfort because it kind of confirmed for me two things. The first is that, you know, I have unique dignity and that's something that we as Catholics believe through and through is that each of us have an inherent dignity from conception to its natural end. But also the fact that I am taken care of. The fact that no matter where it is that I choose to go in life, I do have like a whole arsenal of gifts and talents that are uniquely mine. And God is going to find a way to glorify himself through me. And it's just a matter of really 
being docile, saying yes, uh, giving little yeses along the way, and then just allowing ourselves to be receptive to that. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's so amazing. I love that. I am taken care of. It can feel Mm. very much not like that (laughs) when you are experiencing, like you were saying earlier, people in your life that are going through different, you know, vocational shifts or life changes. It can seem like you're just kind of waiting or anticipating or I mean, personally, I used to get very impatient and just kind of beg God to give me any kind of immediate insight into what I was supposed to be doing, you know? And so that idea that we're taking care of, how have you applied that to living out your life as a woman? Because I think a lot of us get stuck in the waiting Mm-hmm. And the idea that we're taking care of, I feel, would you know, thrust us forward into actual action, right? And just like mm-hmm. living. So, how do you live your life in a way that upholds that? Mm, that's such a good question. And I think that you know, similarly, I am also very impatient. I, I find myself now in a current season of waiting as well. And I think that the reminder that there are things that we can do in the moment. Now, I think that as humans, we generally are you know, for the most part, we err on the side of like laziness, or I'm just kind of like, oh, someone else will do it. But I think of, you know, some of the incredible women saints that we've had, like today's the feast of St. Clair, which is my feast day, uh, my patron's feast day, I should say. And, you know, other holy women like that. And of course, um, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and just how they were women of action, right? Like they were never passive, and they didn't just kind of receive and then do nothing with what it is that God has inspired them to do. So when we really think about it, like the gifts that we have, the things that really, you know, fire us up and get us interested and we're just like, yes, like that is the thing. And for each of us it's going to be so different. So for me it really has become, you know, women celebrating the diversity of the Catholic feminine expression and in this particular medium of being able to talk to people and hear their stories and share it with the world. So if there's like that thing that is really kind of inflaming your heart and it's just kind of like, yeah, like I cannot go a day without celebrating that in some way. I think that's really the thing that, as you mentioned, it's like that thrust or that propelling forward. And true, like there are so many other people that could do what I do. There are tons of people out there that I'm sure are exercising in this space and really Mm -hmm proclaiming the beauty of Catholic femininity. And for that, I'm grateful because if it were just me, it would be such a heavy burden to carry. Mm. So there's that, but also remembering that, you know, God has endowed within us, you know, not only life, but life with purpose. So if not for us, then who? You know, that that's something that the apostle said to Jesus, like, Lord, like, to whom will we go? And he asks us the same thing. It's like, you know, well, who is going to do it? if not for you. And it can be very daunting. And I think that's the thing that sometimes drives us backwards. And we're like, no, I don't want to do it. It's too Mm. much. But to remember that we aren't alone. And like I said earlier, we're taken care of. He will never give us something that is too heavy to carry. um, And he's always there beside us. Mm. Wow. That is a whole word, especially, you know, in times when like, I feel like I was saying, a lot of us are waiting But Mm -hmm. now, especially a lot of us are in places of just pause, right? And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of time for 
reflection um, and just kind of reassessing goals and the trajectory of our lives, men and women, right? We feel like mm-hmm. we're kind of trying to reconfigure the direction that our life is going because a lot of us right. are kind of forced to stop. So I think that's awesome. So learning about the feminine genius and St. John Paul II's writings inspired you to create your podcast. Was there something particular about that that inspired you, his writings? Mm-hmm. So I remember when I first came across the letter, I remember it was like the middle of 2019. So, you know, if you think back to a pre-COVID world, how lovely that was. <laughs> but there was something that was really striking about it. So he wrote that letter in 1995, so over 25 years ago now. Mm. And it was crazy because what stood out to me was how present, if that makes sense, like it just seemed outside of space and time. And it seemed like he could have just, you know, woken up that morning and written it to me or to you or to whoever else is listening. So it was just so relevant, even, you know, 25 years after. And I think that you and I would both agree that there are sometimes like things don't age very well. Um, And that's true even of the church. Mm. And yet there was something that had just, there was like this timeless beauty to it. And the call is everlasting. It's one that constantly gets renewed day in and day out. And and that's really our walk with Christ is a constant commitment, a constant yes to Him. So I think that was really the thing that moved me the first time. Mm. But also, like many would argue, like, okay, well, what would a Pope, like a Polish priest, who, you know, I'm sure he may have loved many women in his time, but he was never married he himself is not a woman. So what does he know about Catholic femininity? And I think we can point to his own devotion to Our Lady. And I don't know, there was just obviously like the authority that comes with the document, but it's like this inexplicable piece, I think, that I was also seen just in that document. And, you know, John Paul II obviously doesn't know me. I don't know him personally. And yet feeling seen, again, cared for and really invigorated with yeah, like I am a Catholic woman and it's something to be proud of because we kind of find ourselves in this cultural moment where, you know, feminism is really like it's become so weaponized and it's gotten to this place where people aren't proud to be a woman. In Catholic circles as well, like it can, you know, really find itself in difficult tension. But this was really pointing to the fact that, no, we should be proud. We should be excited. And also the fact that it's intentional, like God didn't make a mistake Mm. by making us Catholic, by making us a woman, by making us the woman in this time and space right now. Wow. That is bold speak, you know, especially right now. I think that's why it's so important to have something like your podcast and your ministry and other ministries as well that are kind of reaching particularly to women. Mm -hmm. And there are other podcasts and ministries and media as well, like the Catholic gentlemen that kind of appeal to, you know, to that part of ourselves that is dignified, right? And Mm -hmm. is appointed by God in a particular way. That's beautiful. So I was reading as I listened to your podcast, you know, I was also reading your descriptions and Mm -hmm. before I listened to everyone and I love in your main description, you talk about the diversity of Catholic femininity. Mm -hmm. And I think that is awesome, right? I think when a lot of us talk about diversity, it can either be, you know, kind of a triggering word for a lot of people or confusing Mm -hmm. or offensive or just empowering, but maybe not in the way that we're intending it to be. And so what does 
the diversity of Catholic femininity mean to you? And what were you hoping to accomplish by speaking out about the different kinds of Catholic femininity? I think that, you know, like I was saying prior to us starting to record, I think that there's a lot of tension in, Mm -hmm. you know, Catholic femininity world. I think that sometimes it seems to be that, you know, one way of being feminine and woman can kind of conflict with another way. And maybe some women feel like they have to be more reserved and then other women feel like they have to be more bold and then other women feel, you know, and so it's kind of hard and you don't really know which one is the right one. So where does diversity kind of take play in that? Yeah. So I'll point to one of the, I guess, along with John Paul II's letter to women, one of the passages that I have to give credit back to our Lord that he really just placed on my heart as I was starting this was in Paul's uh, first letter to the Corinthians, like talking about the body of Christ. So we see that in the church, but you can, of course, extend that to the world more broadly about how every part plays a particular purpose. And, you know, the eye can't say to the ear that I have no need for you. And we know, I'm sure we can all point back to one time among many in our lives where there was something bothering us in our body. And then that just threw our whole day out. We're like, oh, forget mm. it. I just want to sleep. No, it's like, I can't do this anymore. So it's the same with different expressions of Catholic femininity. Um, I was mentioning earlier that if it was just me doing this podcast and trying to outreach to Catholic women, it would be such a heavy burden. So the Lord certainly knew what he was doing as he does in you know really setting all of us up for success to really operate in the field. But of course, being human, and I think this is where the diversity piece comes in, many times I feel like we can be threatened by, you know, other expressions of it because we may look inside of ourselves. And again, it's that maybe piece of insecurity where we're like, well, Mm. I'm not doing it exactly like how they are. Or perhaps it's like the reverse is true where it's like, oh, they're doing exactly what I'm doing. Like, well, now I need to do it better. And I find that like there's yeah a lot of competition, a lot of mistrust, and it's really difficult and challenging just because ultimately each of us needs to be present. Now, of course, I'm not saying go out and plagiarize the thing that you really love that you're seeing on Instagram or the podcast that you're listening to. Go out sure. and address. Absolutely sure, sure. not. Please don't do that. Just because like it's work that needs to really come from a personal space and and come like anointed by God. And and I feel like when we're operating in that, when we're operating and working with God, he makes something unique first and foremost, because you yourself are unique and that is what's feeling it. And then I guess like on a more personal note, being a woman of color, a Catholic woman of color, I think that was one of the tensions that I started to see. And with the pandemic, and of course, like the cultural moment that we find ourselves in with like the anti-Asian hate the murder of George Floyd, and of course, among so many others, it really, it shook me to the core. Mm -hmm. And also, I kind of noticed that like among the voices I was listening to, I realized that I wasn't listening, you know, first off to people who look like me. Like, of course, I'm not saying that we shouldn't listen to other voices, but at least to have a balance, at least to have a diversity. And I realized too, that among the different expressions, whether you're a mother or a single or a religious or some kind of lay woman, regardless of ministry, regardless of area that you operate in, there's also within that so many cultural differences and difference in abilities as well. And it's been so eye-opening, I think, to 
meet people who are outside of my own experience. Because I think many times we can become comfortable, even complacent, and just assume that the world only looks a certain way. But Mm. I remember there were so many women, as I was having a lot of these very difficult conversations, and I was trying to push myself out there and be like, no, like I need to do more listening. I, I want to learn more. You know, to hear them say back to me that there are so many times where we miss the real depth of expression and diversity because we're scared to go outside of ourselves. And sure, it takes prudence. It takes a lot of maybe self-education and a real challenge uh, within ourselves to actually commit to making those steps and those moves into learning more about diversity. But truly, like there really is so much that I've missed. And it's not really until I, I started to listen more and meet other people outside of my own personal or immediate experience that I was like, wow, God, you did all that. And you continue to do that. And just how much more of God do we see when there is more of us out there to glorify him? Wow, that is a word. Okay. Oh my gosh. Thank you. No, that is a word. You are spitting. I am like, just, (laughs) I am shook. That's amazing. Yes. So Mm. I think that's beautiful. I think you're, I mean, you're so on point. I agree that especially, you know, before the pandemic prior, And, you know, during it was just as social media became not just an outlet, but like a community of sorts. Right. It was so striking to me as well that I would go online and listen to so many voices and hear so many opinions and, Mm -hmm. you know, so much like contextual kind of cultural topics on whatever, but not from women that shared my experiences or look like me or had my same cultural background and had my same experiential background. And so I love what you're saying. Like diversity just does not mean kind of how we act as women in terms of our personalities, et cetera, Mm -hmm. which I think Mm -hmm. sometimes even us as women kind of limit ourselves to like our diversity only lends itself to me being meek and Susan being very extroverted and adventurous. Um, And that doesn't mean that's not the capacity, you know? And so it can be broader and it can be like how we experience life, what our cultural impact is, how we Mm -hmm. work, how we think. And I think it's just so empowering and beautiful to think that we have the capacity to be that broad. That's amazing. I'm very hype about being a woman right now. So (laughs) that is, that's so amazing. And I, and I love that out of everyone that you've interviewed and that you've spoken to, Mm -hmm. has there been an interview, no shade to your other ones, (laughs) but has there been an interview or a person that you've spoken to that's kind of resonated with you? And, Mm -hmm. you know, or their experience or their story. Yeah, that's always the question that I dread just because, like you said, no shade to anyone. I was like, no shade to anyone. So so maybe what I'll do, Chanel, is I'll say this, is that there have been a handful of women actually that have spoken around this whole area. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, just like the different ways and and how broad, how diverse we can be and, and just how broad that woman can be. And I think you're absolutely right in a sense that it's our experiences, but there have been so many women who have spoken around this one topic and it kind of fully materialized with a particular interview. And I won't say who, but truly it was, uh, it helped me to see that as much as, yes, like we celebrate the diversity of women, we celebrate the gifts and uh, the wonderful talents that we have, 
she was also talking about how we need to take into consideration, and I think this kind of points back to your, what you were mentioning earlier, the different crosses that we bear, the different you know, sufferings that we endure as humans, um, particularly as women. So she was talking about the relationship between the crucifixion and resurrection, how we are resurrection people, but there cannot be an Easter Sunday without Good Friday. And, you know, you take all of that into consideration because we as humans, as women, we are really like the sum of all of these gifts, all of those fantastic experiences, but also the things that have traumatized us, that have impacted us so deeply, like the wounds that we experience. You know, we can't possibly say that I am a woman with no wounds whatsoever. I don't think that that's true for anyone. But if there is anyone out there, please hit me up. I'd love to talk more about your experience there. But in any case, like how we're able to take that together and understand ourselves as gift, like understand that we are like that one package that takes both good and bad crucifixion and resurrection. And it is out of those experiences too. And truly, like every single woman that I've talked to has had some form of a cross. And it's been beautiful to see them speak through that. And then of course, have that God-given grace and like the hindsight to look back and be able to reflect Mm. and share that with me. Like I am so blessed by that every single time. And my hope is that, you know, other women, other folks that are listening to it also feel blessed that they're able to see how people were able to endure incredible suffering, um, not just on their own, but really with God holding their hand and walking through them again that they're so cared for and that they should, you know, like through a healthy reflection and, you know, seeking out the aid and the medical help or the the counseling that they need, but being able to look back and reflect, celebrate, and really um, just share those experiences. I feel like it's so important to acknowledge both the beautiful and the celebratory, but also some of the more difficult and challenging. It's all part of the nuance of human life. Sure. Oh my goodness. That is beautiful and amazing. And I'm so grateful that you are talking with us today. I was Mm -hmm. so excited for this. And I think it's been such a blessing to be able to meet so many people on social media in the beginning of this pandemic, et cetera. And it's just been so funny, you know, actually meeting people in real time, right? And hearing their voices and like seeing their mannerisms. And it's so different, right? Than what you thought or what I thought. And it's so humanizing. And so it's just so awesome to be able to have you. Thank you so much. So at the end of every one of our episodes, we ask our guests what their hope for the week is. So something that you're looking forward to, something that you're hopeful for. If you need time, I can go first. Otherwise, if you're ready, feel free to go. How are you feeling? I'll take a minute. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. So my hope for the week, um, I am planning to start exercising more. That is a plan. Good for you. So I say plan. Thank you so much because I want to be gentle with myself. After, you know, I just moved back in with my parents a couple months ago and now I'm like really living here and really doing it. So I want to get into a routine and I'm really hopeful that I can start working out and get on a spiritual exercise routine as well. Mm. So working out, I want to try like working out in the morning and then going to mass and making like weekly confession a vibe. So I'm going to try to make that a vibe because, you know, I mean, there's only so much sinning I can do and I literally just watch television all day, but (laughs) 
<laughs> excited to, you know, start like frequenting the sacraments more because we're still, you know, blessed over here in Florida. We can still go to mass and stuff. So right. I'm going to try to take advantage of that while I can. So how about you? Yeah. So two things come to mind. The first is that uh, my family and I are going on vacation at the end of this week. So I'm really looking forward to just having some time where I don't have to be in the room slash office uh, and just being able to unplug for a little bit. But also, I think, you know, just on a similar vein, I would love to finally, finally get back into a spiritual routine. Like my spiritual director has been talking about rule of life for a very long time. And I'm like, well, you know, beginning of the week, here we go. Probably now is a good time as any to just really move into it. So I appreciate that you said that because I think that challenges me to take that on as well. Mm, I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll be praying for you to be steadfast. You know, it can be really easy to create or break a routine Mm -hmm. Um, when you're just vibing at home. So tell us a little bit more about where we can find out what you're up to, where we can find more information about you. Sure. So for the podcast, I would say that's probably the most direct. So you can find uh, this podcast, the Feminine Genius Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. So, you know, Apple, Google, Spotify, the whole nine yards there. And then I'm on Instagram at femgeniuspod. That's F-E-M-G-E-N-I-U-S-P-O-D. That's my spelling bee moment. And then, of course, uh, femininegeniuspodcast.com. You can find all the episodes in the show notes there. I love that. Thank you so much again, Rachel. I'm looking forward to everyone hearing this. And I hope that you get a lot more listens because it's an awesome thing that you're doing. So thank you so much. Thank you, Chanel. Thank you guys again for listening and thank you to Rachel for being our guest today. Make sure to check out what Rachel is up to on the Feminine Genius Podcast, which can be found anywhere that podcasts can be found. Also, while you're checking out podcasts, don't forget to comment and subscribe to Ave Spotlight. Thank you guys again for listening. I love talking with y'all every week and I'm looking forward to our conversation next week. In the meantime, please say a prayer for me. I'll be praying for you. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.